So here's what I want you to do. I want you to plan your life, then your work. And we talk a lot around here about finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. But is that really the most important thing? I mean, sometimes there are stepping stones to getting where we really want to be. And today we're going to address how to decide on the life you want first, then you have the freedom to change. So stick around. Hey, I'm going to be talking with my friend, Michael McGreevy, about how he has changed his work multiple times to fit the life he wants to live. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, we're going to be taking care of business here, as we always do. Before we jump in here, I want to take just a short break that we can thank our supporting sponsors, and I'll be back to talk with my friend, Michael McGreevy. Well, Michael, great to have you on today. Thanks for covering out a little bit of your busy time to have a conversation with me. Dan, you have no idea how much of an honor this is for me. You have played such an important role over the past 10 years of my life. So to be able to talk to you and have you ask me questions, this is surreal. It's such an amazing opportunity. Thank you for having me. Well, golly, I love seeing the things that have unfolded in the last 10 years for you and thrilled to be a part of that, watching that happen, walking alongside with you for some of those things. And and this is a great opportunity for us to really unpack a core principle that I believe in, and that is we plan our life first. Work is a tool. And as much as I talk about how fun it is to figure out this work thing and to really do work that matters for people who care and get paid for it, blend our talent, passion, money, all those things, it still comes back to the underlying foundation. Are you living the life you want to live? So my, our quotation for today comes from Stephen Covey, who said, the only way we can handle change around us is to know what is changeless about ourselves. I mean, that's one of the things that I want to lean into with you, Michael. You've done a lot of personal introspection, as well as looking at what are the work op- opportunities that you have. So I want to go back a little bit here. I've known you for 10 years now. Remember that first time you came to Franklin, Tennessee, sat right in the front row, drove with your friend Jamie Slingerland from Buffalo, New York, to Mm -hmm. come there and sit there? You remember that time as well, don't you? Oh, my gosh. In some ways, it feels like yesterday, but (laughs) it's really a long time ago. And that started a little bit earlier because shortly before that, I was working full-time in my own business, swinging my hammer, doing residential remodeling work. And while I was doing that, I would be listening to the 48 days. It was called a podcast back then, but I was so inspired by everything you were sharing back then about having that ability to choose the work that you want and do work that's fulfilling and fits you and is profitable at the same time. You had my attention when I was there swinging my hammer because it was a decent business to have, but there was something missing for me personally in the way that I was wired and it did not feel fulfilling. So you really opened up my world and started, got me thinking that way of, wow, I can actually design and choose the work and the life that I want here. This guy's got my attention. I'm going to listen a little bit more. 
And then you brought out the opportunity to come see you down in Franklin. And Jamie was uh, in my ear as well at the time. I said, man, I got to be there. This is an opportunity. I got to meet this guy that is thinking so differently than everyone else in my life. Let's do this, Jamie. Let's go down there and check him out. Awesome. That that was such a fun time. There were so many things that were just beginning to unfold in your life. You at that point were a young single guy. How old were you at that point, Michael? 10 years uh, ago. Probably in my early 30s, I think. Okay. How old are you now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the math. <laughs> 44. Yeah, 44. Okay. All right. So your early 30s. All right. You were not yet married and you were had your own construction business. You were doing that and you thought... There's something else I want to do. What was your thinking at that point that you could maybe remake yourself? Now, now let, let me back up a little bit. You had gone to college. Mm-hmm. What, what was your major in college? Uh, nothing of note. I was just <laughs> my major in college was uh, complete this so I can show my parents that I didn't waste all my money and my time. University studies. <laughs> something like that, yes. All right. Okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So that same challenge that I had as an adult after I graduated, that was with me as a as a young man too in college. I wasn't sure what I wanted. Okay. How did you end up starting your own construction company, doing remodels, repairs? Well, at the time I got laid off from my job and I was I had a house at the time. So I was working on my house and one of my neighbors came up to me and said, Hey, do you do construction work? And I didn't have two nickels to rub together at the time. So my immediate answer was, yes, sure, I'll I'll do construction work. So I got hired to paint my neighbor's house. And while I was painting my neighbor's house, someone else came up to me and asked me if I would paint their house. And then that turned into another project. And so three years later, I had a full-blown construction company and I was doing that full-time. Wow, that's interesting how that happened. Seemingly circumstantial, and yet obviously it drew on some talents that you had, and you were able to control your own time and income in that way, rather than looking for another job. So it it you it was great as a transition tool, but you knew there was something more that you were drawn to. So you came to coaching with excellence. Mm-hmm. You immediately rolled in our coaching mastery program. So you went through that, positioned yourself as a coach, and started coaching. Yes. Now, with that, though, I also want to get a timeline here. I want people to really understand how you have done personal work to make yourself the person you want to be, along with just doing work to provide for now a growing family and all of that. You are very open about dealing with some fear and anxiety in those early years. Oh, yeah. It was life controlling for me. I felt completely frozen and stuck, really. Um, And a lot of that was just a lack of self-confidence and not really belief that I could do anything of note or I mean, the idea of doing what I really wanted in life was such a far off idea. I was just trying to survive, just trying to hold down a job and do what I needed to do to function in life. And I really recognized that that I needed some some help and to do some work, like you said. And and I think that um, one thing that was a gift, it was disguised as a tragedy, as an awful thing happened to me that really catapulted me forward in that line of thinking. So I, 
a friend of mine was killed on a construction site and I was there and I experienced that, that whole um, situation. And it was very traumatic and it really brought me to the end of myself. And this was probably, you know, five, seven years before this timeline that we, that I just came down to coaching with excellence. And I couldn't function at that point. I didn't know what to do, but as I reached out for help, I connected with people. I spent time in with uh, my church. I'd, I um, got some help from some elders to, to walk through some of this stuff. But the thing that changed everything is I had a new way of thinking as a result of that tragedy. And some might call it extreme, but I think it was the clearest that I thought up until that point in life. And this is what became very real to me. I discovered the truth in that moment that, you know, life is short and that became very clear. And if life is short, then I better go for whatever I want to go for in life. If there's a way that I want to live, if there's a life that I want, what's the worst that can happen? And the answer to that question was the worst that can happen is if I don't go for it, is if I don't do what I've always wanted to do. If I just continue on in this unfulfilling path that I'm on and don't really go for the life that I want. And so that pain um, sounded worse to me, but I needed to experience that uh, tragedy in order to have that shift in thinking and to realize, hey, this this person lost lost his life. He's not going to have a chance to go after that. What's the worst that I can that can happen? Is I I fail, I grow a little bit, I get a little bit closer. That doesn't sound so bad. What sounds really bad is is having that regret, having that thought that hey, I could have gone for this, but I didn't, and I have to live with that regret. That sounded much worse. So you got some good input, some support and help along the way, but you leaned into this primarily. It was a mindset shift for you, though, where you decided to lean into trying new things. Again, what's the worst that could happen? But you walked mm-hmm. through that, trying things, reaching out, knowing that maybe there's something beyond construction that I can do. I mean, to position yourself as a coach is a big leap. Now, you were an avid student coming through our mastery program and really learned the di- psychodynamics of, of coaching well, but that was probably still kind of terrifying to you when you started to position yourself as a coach, Correct. It was incredibly terrifying. But what I noticed is as I was talking to construction clients, um, I was enjoying that interaction more than the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I would ask them questions about their lives and what they're working on and, and what their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish. And I found a lot of joy in that, in the connection with those people. And I realized that that's probably my favorite part of the job is talking to people. And and I thought, man, all this other task-oriented type of work, which I'm not wired in that way to be task-oriented, that's kind of stealing my joy. And Mm. man, I would love to do more of this work where I can connect with people, help them move forward, help them pursue the lives that they want. And then listening to your podcast and going to Coaching with Excellence and joining the Coaching Mastery Program, it all just kind of fit together. Wait, I can do this for a living? I could make money and add value to people's lives as a coach. That sounds incredible. So that's why I was all in. And was I afraid? 
And did I have anxiety about that? You better believe it. I I was engaged at the time when I first came down to Franklin. Um, I had big question marks of can I pull this off? Is this is this even a possibility? But the idea of having to live with not going for it, that felt a little worse than just experiencing some fear. I was going to experience fear anyway. That's, that's going to happen whether I stay where I am or whether I cross the street and um, narrowly miss a bus that's going by. Fear, there's an opportunity to experience fear in multiple areas of life. I might as well go for something that matters to me. You know, the studies that have been done on regret, and there's been multiple recently. Daniel Pink has a new book, Bonnie Ware's work is so pivotal on regret. And what we find, what we see over and over again is people regret the things they did not do way more than the things they did do. There's a Mark Twain quote about that as well. You know, we don't want to end our lives thinking back at the things we could have. So you, you started stretching, reaching out, even though you were dealing with your own fear and anxiety, you were very open about that, but you reached out for help. You started experimenting, sticking your toe in the water, moving forward. You know, often we talk about coaching. We coach best when we're working with the person we were three years ago. So as you came through that, recognizing how you dealt with fear, anxiety, low self-confidence, insecurity, the things you described, you knew how to work with those people to help them walk through the transitions you were. So we, we got up, you were engaged. That was a very important part of the new, in the next season in your life. You and Lydia got married. So now you're a husband. So you have the responsibility, not just to keep roof over your own head, but to provide there. So you moved into coaching, started doing that. You had a blend there where you could do, you could be, you know, doing a remodel in a bathroom on a Tuesday and on Wednesday all day you're spending coaching. So there was a combination there for a while, as I recall, correct? Yeah, that's right. And and that was one of the helpful things about your perspective, Dan, is it's not A or B, right? You don't launch and bet the farm and put yourself your family in danger or live with regret. There's so many options in between there. And that what you shared on that really helped me see that 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 I could be working on a bathroom and then do a coaching session in the afternoon and take a Wednesday and walk through the park with my family. And so that gave me permission to start thinking through, well, what works for me right now? Forget about all the rules that are placed in front of you. Forget about all the things that most people do and just uh, start working toward the life that you want and do what works with what you have right now. So yeah, there was a lot of that kind of bouncing back between coaching and still doing construction. When you were getting ready to marry Lydia, how did you describe to her what you were going to do to provide for your family? <laughs> I'm going to help people move forward in life and in a and achieve their dreams and help them build self-confidence. And they're going to pay me to do that. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. Was that uh, reassuring to her as a brand new wife moving halfway across the country and all, or was she, did she have some concerns about that? Dan, I've made some mistakes. <laughs> I probably would have done it a little bit differently, but she had a lot of concerns and I think her parents <laughs> even had more concerns because they came from a very traditional sort of like, what's the most secure position that you can get? 
make sure you lock that down and put in your 30, 40 years Mm -hmm. and make sure you have a retirement and your investments. And so I think everyone on her side of the family was freaking out a little bit about this guy who thought he was going to build some coaching business. Is that even a real industry at the time? There wasn't a lot of talk about coaching. So um, yeah, they had a lot of concerns and a lot of doubts that it would work out. (laughs) Hey, I want to insert just a quick break here, Michael. Just a reminder to people that typically I'm answering real questions here today. We've got real questions personified in my friend, Michael McGreevy, and we're unpacking those together. But if you got a question, just go to 48days.com slash ask Dan. You can leave your question there. Hey, right after this, we're going to come back and talk more with Michael about the things he's done after that pivotal time, getting married with the insecurities about around that, about how he's going to create income, the things that he's actually done to move forward with this. All right, Michael. So I want to go now, I want to transition, having kind of set the stage there, into the things that you have done work-wise now in the last 10 years. And it's not just been one thing. You know, where you had the idea of being a coach, you moved into that, you had a lot of success in that, did some uh, corporate coaching, working with executives and all there. And yet you've still introduced other things as well. Now, I want to know, for one thing, I want to know why. I think I think I know, but I want to know why did you start looking at other things other than just being a successful coach? I really like variety, and I don't like doing the same thing every day for the same amount of time. Um, that kind of variety of life excites me and makes it enjoyable for me, and I learned that about myself, that if I am sitting in my office doing coaching sessions for eight hours a day, five days a week, I'm going to get a little bit bored. I'm going to get a little bit frustrated and, and I won't feel as inspired. So I, I realized, hey, I need a mix of different things and different ways of doing the same mission. So I like what you said, because the the goal is the same. I want to have flexibility in my life and variety in my life. And a big part of that is so I can spend a lot of time with the people that I love. And so everything that I do serves that mission of being flexible and being able to enjoy my life. And so, yeah, there's a number of different ways that I inspire people, lead them forward toward their dreams, help them think bigger, help them develop confidence. I do that um, in several different ways that helps keep variety going in my life. Okay. And you have put a, a big priority on being a husband and a dad. You married Lydia, as we're talking about. Now, 10 years later, you have three kids. Mm. So you've got, that's changed dramatically your role, your responsibilities. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm a coach, I'm going to, you know, I'm focused on this. If I have any time left over, I'll provide it for my kids. If I, my week has been pretty easy and I'm feeling rested, I may take Lydia out for a date. But you've reversed that. You really have said, this is the life. You're so intentional about that. Describe that and how that shapes you looking at work opportunities based on your priorities personally. Yeah, I like that question. And you're absolutely right. Um, My relationship with my wife is the most important thing. It's the most important relationship that I have. And so if I'm not serving that well, if I'm not investing in that relationship, 
then the most important thing for me is, is not heading in the right direction. And it's the same thing for my kids. They come after my marriage. Um, I need to be investing in those relationships first, regardless of what my financial picture looks like or my work looks like. I remember when the kids were babies and like you said, I, I put Lydia in a pretty challenging situation, starting a new business. She's you got three babies in the house. I thought, well, I want to be present for this. I want to be helpful for this. What if I just worked every other week? And so I came up with a plan and jammed all my coaching sessions and all my work into one week. And then the next week was completely off. And I remember people saying, well, you can't do that. Like, you, you can't just not work. Like, what do you mean I can't? I can just double the work that I'm doing on the, uh, the on days and then, or the on weeks and then the off weeks. I'll just be totally present and help Lydia out. So for a season, I did that and, and I made that work. But I'm always thinking about that constantly. And it's not easy. Like, it, it, as you know, Dan, it's, it's just tough to juggle all these things as an entrepreneur and as a family man. But if I'm going to drop the ball on something, it's not going to be on my marriage. It's not going to be on my, my kids. I'm going to make sure that I make time and prioritize them. Now, that what's the worst that can happen question has evolved a bit as my family has grown. Now, the worst thing that can happen is that I neglect my marriage and neglect my kids, but it doesn't go away that I shouldn't go for something new. It actually amps that perspective up because another terrible thing that could happen is that my kids observe that I become complacent and don't continue to pursue my potential and to see an example of that and to emulate that. So I'm constantly thinking about, all right, how do I keep my marriage and my family the priority, but also continue to give them an example to not be complacent and not to stay in an unfulfilling work situation? Wow, that's awesome. That's a great overview of that. Another thing that I observed you do is to look for opportunities that would create big chunks of income or residual income in addition to the linear income, being a coach, you do great work, you get paid well, but then it's over. Monday morning, you start over again. You've done some pretty significant things in real estate. Again, drawing on your past experience, and this is a great example of how usually we validate our previous experience. It's not a matter of just wiping the slate clean and ignoring that totally, but you validate your understanding and knowledge about construction to do some real estate investment and flipping and thereby creating big chunks of income at a time or with your airbnbs tell us about those where you where you do get ongoing residual income without it having require your time so you've increased your time flexibility while increasing your income in doing other things in addition to just traditional coaching yeah you know I, when i first um, got out of construction. I had that feeling of, I just want to wipe the, clay, the slate clean and move on from this. And I don't know what it is, but when something's not fulfilling, you kind of just want to completely remove it for your, from your life. But you're right. Like our experiences contribute to everything we're doing moving forward. So I had a moment where I'm just like, get construction out of my life completely. I don't want to do anything around that. And then when I settled down a little bit, I realized, hey, this is a real asset I can bring to 
satisfy the variety that I like in life and also develop other streams of income. So instead of um, selling our house, when we moved, we decided to keep it and rent it out on Airbnb. Now it's in a great little village in Buffalo that a a lot of people love to visit. And so that's done very well. We also like to connect with the people that come to visit Buffalo. And so that's just another piece of how we generate income. And uh, we've added another Airbnb as well. And so I I enjoy real estate. I enjoy the, uh, the variety that that brings to my life. And so I also decided to get my real estate license and um, that allows me to look at any house that I want to look at. And um, I've also helped a few folks sell their homes as well. So again, it's just another piece of my work that serves this vision of having variety, but also the flexibility to really live the life that I want to with my family. Yeah, I love that. I love that piece and watching you develop that and, and do it so well. You're a good example of, you know, in 40 Days to the Work You Love, back in the original version and certainly the one that's available today, I distinguish between vocation, career, and job. Vocation being the big picture. You know, how do you want to create a legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? What's really most important? How do you want to impact the world? Career is a subset of that. There are a lot of things that you can do as a career. If you want to help reduce pain and suffering in the world, you can be a physician, a sports trainer, massage therapist. You could be a pastor, teacher, politician, theoretically, in that. Job, then, is the smallest component, what you do daily. But the continuing theme, that thing that's unchanging about us, is the vocation. What do you really want? And you are so clear about what that is, the big piece, giving, then, the option to experiment. And if the job changes or what you do daily to create work changes, it doesn't mean you go back and start over. You validate, again, like you described, what you've done previously in life. You continue moving toward that big dream that you have as you get clearer and clearer about what that ought to be. So you've done construction, coaching, real estate, and now just recently you and your our mutual friend Chris Niemeyer have started The Forge. Tell us about that because, it again, it blends some of the things we've been talking about. That's right. Yeah, I've, I've always had a heart for working with men um, specifically. And now that I'm in this season of being married, having kids and being an entrepreneur, ch- juggling all that, making sense of all that can really be a challenge. And so I wanted to, Chris and I wanted to create a community where men who are in that seasonal life could come together and feed off of each other, support each other, share ideas, find encouragement. So that's where the forge was born. And again, it's just another iteration of, of helping men um, come alive, develop confidence, um, choose the future that they want, live a life that is remarkable and, and not one that is average and and so that's, we just decided, hey, let's find the men out there that are in this position of life that want more, that they want, they don't want to just settle for an existence where they're dying a slow death, that they want to be pumped up about life, that they are making memories with their kids, that they're having thriving marriages and also doing work that matters to them. And so we've created a couple of groups where people can join um, right now we have three masterminds and an online community, and we're all kind of figuring that out together. 
so that's just another piece of of what I'm doing and and it helps serve that mission I have in life. <laughs> it it does. It's such a a beautiful extension and continuation. Now you probably couldn't have even described that 10 years ago. Some of the things you're doing now. You know, Dr. James Dobson from Focus on the Family talked about the critical decade. He talked about the age from 16 to 26 as being that critical decade. That's where usually people establish their spending, creating income, investing habits. They make career decisions. They get married. All those big things that happen there. You're 44. When we look back, reflect back on what we've been talking about here the last 10 years, there's been monumental change. You know, getting married, having three kids, the things you've done work-wise have changed dramatically. A lot has happened in that 10 you, You've gone through an amazing decade. What are the next 10 years going to look like? <laughs> I like that question. I, I don't know, but it's a fun one to explore. <laughs> um, I expect it to be just as dynamic and maybe more so. I mean, once you taste the freedom and the opportunity that life has to offer, um, it's, it's hard to, to go back. Right. I mean, I actually get pretty concerned if I start settling into a rut and a, a regular way of doing things for a very long period of time. I mean, daily habits that are healthy, that's a different thing. But when I, when I'm thinking through work or how I do family or how my perspectives, I want to continuously be iterating and evolving and changing and growing in the way that I think, because Wow, the possibilities now? Are you kidding me with with the new technology and the connection to people and the needs of this world? It's endless what you could do. So I want to go out on fire, Dan. I don't want to just kind of fade off into the sunset. I want to be sprinting up a mountain (laughs) all the way up until the end. So uh, (laughs) the next 10 years... We're going to have to have another conversation, Dad. Oh, my gosh. Perfectly mapped out, but I know it's going to be fun. Well, the changes we go through, you know, your kids are going to be teenagers, and uh, that's a big change. Wow, they'll get into their own critical decade there. But, yeah, how exciting just to anticipate. And knowing you've got a, a beautiful, supportive wife certainly helps in that. You know, keep that relationship forefront as you're talking about critical support factor there to give you the the freedom. I mean, I know that how Joanna supported me through the years has been a major piece in me having the freedom to try things, knowing, hey, I don't know if it's going to work, but boy, it's going to be fun going down this path and knowing that she's going to be there no matter what. Now, not that I'm going to walk into a, a ditch if I can avoid it, but just having that freedom really is a big factor. Well, Michael, it's been a delight having you on to chat catch up a little bit. And again, just let people hear your journey to inspire and encourage them. You know, we've got an event coming up here in Sarasota, Florida, August 10th through the 12th. And we've titled it, Will It Fly? And we're going to have a lot of people showing up there who have a dream. They're going to be at different stages as in terms of what you've described here. Again, if you're listening and want to check it out, still time to join us there, 48days.com slash fly. You can see the details going to see people like Michael there who are in early stages trying to figure out if their idea will fly and how they can go forward with it. So again, Michael, thanks so much for spending this time with with me today. 
Dan, I cannot thank you enough for just the past 10 years of solid mentorship. You've made my dreams possible, and I continue to look up to you as a mentor, as a guide, as a friend. So thank you so much. Hey, absolutely. My pleasure. Keep that money tree growing that I sent you a couple years ago. <laughs> it's thriving, Dan. Awesome. Thriving. Well, hey, to you listening, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending your questions, for being open to growing and being a powerful force for making the world a better place, as Michael is doing. I mean, share this episode with uh, some friends of yours who need the encouragement for their own personal growth. They'll thank you for it. Be, op- be known for positivity, for offering hope and encouragement to others. Stay committed to your belief that we talk about here a lot. We can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.